Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of The Front Room. Before we get started with today's Jeffrey Noise song, I just wanted to take a little time out to ask you, please, 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 could you send this episode to one friend? Just one friend. And remember, if you like the episode and you're on Apple, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. Give us our stars. We like accessories. Thank you very much, people. And here's today's Joyful Noise song. When I was just a little kid, I was sitting on the cotton wall. Oh, and I must have put my head, cause I don't dance the same no more. Mm, mm, mm. And I was step out of the pot and I party on the other side. Ain't no uptown sucker gonna tell me how to live my life. Okay, quickly, just between us girls, yeah, before we get into the main body of today's episode, which is the interview with the lovely Jack Cox, I just wanted to take a little time out and say, say to everybody, um, I've had my vaccine or I had the first vaccine jab today and I wanted to just give a little shout out to the NHS workers um, to just say publicly on the podcast that I had the vaccine and I haven't had many side effects. All I felt is a little bit drowsy. Me recording this today has taken a little bit longer than it normally would because I've been stumbling over my words, which is why you got uh, weird people very short because I kept on making up, making up, mucking up the second verse. But you know, such is life. Yeah, so I had the AstraZeneca vaccine. Um, thank you to all the volunteers. Thank you to everybody that did the jab. It was very quick. It was very simple. My doctor was very nice. There was a doctor. There was a nurse there. They asked me the questions. They stuck the needle in. They got it done. I'm not being funny, and I think I've had... <laughs> I've had more trouble with a prick in my sex life than I did with those needles. So, you know, what, what can we do? We move. It's very simple. So, yes, I just want to take a little bit of time out to say thank you and also um, to introduce Jack to the podcast. Now, obviously, we're, the way we're interviewing at the moment means that at some points there might be a little bit dip in the sound quality, which we apologise for. But here is Jack Cox interviewed on the front room. Thank you very much. I'll see you on the flip side. Right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the front room. For those of you that don't know, the front room is for best. The front room is a place where we recommend different forms of media, be that social media or traditional media that will bring you a little bit more joy. And today I have a special guest today. I have a guest that I've known in another capacity other than presenting his Instagram sensation, it's what we like to call it now, yeah? Cool. But we have Jack on. So Jack, do you want to introduce yourself to the people and let them know who you are? Yes. Um, hi everyone, my name is Jack. Um, I am a professional dancer from London and I'm also a presenter, um, turned presenter in lockdown. Um, I host my own IG, IGTV series called Lockdown After Dark every Friday evening where I have different um, celebrity guests on, um, influencers, uh, people from the industry and yeah just trying to shine a bit of a light on them that doesn't always get shown in the media and just have a bit of fun on a Friday night really, that's me. So this is Jack's first time on the podcast and as you know there's some questions that we like to ask all guests on the first time around so we're going to start off by asking Jack, Jack who is your diva and why? Okay my my diva 100% is the GC Gemma Collins because uh, sometimes sometimes when I'm nervous about something or you know if I've got a big audition coming up or a big meeting I just I get so nervous and I think what would the GC do how can I channel my inner GC and it's got me through quite a lot of situations so Gemma Collins if you if you're listening to this you're my diva cheers love we loved you on um, RuPaul's Drag Race as well yes but Gemma Collins is your diva. So does that mean that you would eventually like to do reality TV, like only where you're Essex? Is that thing you think about doing? Do you know what? I, I've actually, three of my really close friends are actually on there. Um, so it, if I was to do that, it would be a natural thing to have me on the show. And it is something, it would definitely be an amazing platform and it's something that I would, would definitely think about. Um, 
to just go on there, you know, put myself out there a little bit more and then hopefully come off it and carry on with big things. Cool. Who, know, who knows what's coming up this year? All right, so what are your pronouns? He and him. Cool. And then also, because obviously we're in a lockdown London, for those of you yeah. listening to in the US, London is locked down, not your American version of lockdown, a proper lockdown. <laughs> 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 and because of that, what is your joyful noise song in lockdown? What gets you singing? What gets you dancing? What makes you happy in this lockdown time? Um, do you know what? I've always, obviously, I've always been a little mixed fan, but they're just popping off differently for me at the minute. I literally, every time I walk to Sainsbury's, I, the only two songs I play are Holiday and Sweet Melody, because it just makes me, I strut to Sainsbury's and I strut back and it just makes me feel good. Um, also, um, Normani's motivation that has that obviously that banged when it came out, but in the evenings when I'm just having a little drink, I just put that on and I think that makes me feel great. Okay, and the video is unreal, so it just gives me like a nice little. So you're thing. a little fan, yeah. Well, yeah. so I can't have you on without asking you um, the question, yeah, because one of them's gone now, yeah. Right. So, are you happy that she's gone? Are you glad she's on or were you? Ooh, controversial. I am, I'm proud of her for stepping away from something that obviously was, was really, really affecting her. And I think it's such an important message that she's shown because their fan base, obviously, I mean, their fan base is huge, but a large chunk of their fan base are young girls. And I think to see her step away from something that was making her you know ill let's say i think was really important and i'm gutted because as much as i think they're still going to be amazing it's never going to be the same without all four of them but i'm i'm pleased that she did it publicly and she, i think she handled it really well and i think in the media sometimes you feel forced to, to carry on with something because you're scared of what's going to happen when you step away from it or you feel you feel bad for people because you're like oh I, you know i've set myself up for this i've got to carry on so if i had to step away from something as big as that I think like snaps to her and I, I wish her all the best and I think she'll be amazing. I'm talking like she's my best friend, but I feel like I've got a lot of love for her. Right, because I know how much you love this band, yeah, right, because we talked about it before. So I was just like, ah, I know you love him as much as I do because I'm a big Little Mix fan. I say this yeah. because every generation should have their girl band. Yeah. yeah. Their girl band that's like the top of the top. And also what Little Mix do is they sing well they dance well, and most importantly, they harmonise well. But for me, it's the fact that it's the first time in a while where we've had a girl band that actually, even though Jessie's left, you get the feeling that the rest, all four of them still get on. And that's yes. Because it shows people in the industry that girl bands can exist as a friendship group as well, as something that is making money and is commercial. Yeah. It shouldn't just be that, oh, every girl band, so, they're all fighting and they all hate each other. Mm. That's, really That's so true. And actually, they're the only girl band since that, I mean, Spice Girls will always be my number one, but there's, there's been no other group since Spice Girls. So, I mean, however many years that's been, you know, I never liked Fifth Harmony. I, didn't, I wasn't really a fan of the Saturdays. I think Little Mix have been the next best thing. And they're so, what I love about them is their growth, you know, like going from like Black Magic to Sweet Melody with Jade on the floor, like whipping her head. I'm like, <laughs> yes, that is growth. That's what yeah. I love. It's the thing, right? It's the thing, but they've grown in a way that shows that they're in more control than other girl brands have been with their imaging and, mm. and how they look in a long way. And it's a good message because we, let's be honest, there are a lot of girls starting off in the recording industry at the moment. Mm. They're a good example of, yeah, growing in the industry, taking creative control, uh, and but also mm. doing what's best for your mental health for the long term, not just for this career point. This career yes. point. Right. Absolutely. Can we finish being philosophical? Because I didn't realize it was going to go there. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the game. Right. So, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Yeah. English, England, UK, or UK drag race, or US drag race at the moment? Do you know what? I've, I never have actually watched the US version. I've danced for quite a few of the queens from there, but I've never actually watched it. English version, I'm a big fan. 
Do you know what it is? I think it's because with the American one, it's not always so accessible. So unless it's handed to me on a plate, because I know they've stopped it on Netflix at the minute of the US one because of Corona. Yeah. So that stresses me out. I, I need to be able to watch it. So definitely, definitely the UK version. But I, no, no disrespect to the US version because I do think theirs is better. Cool. So out of the UK queens, who are you rooting for? Why? I mean, I've got to stay loyal to my taste because yeah. known her for for a while on the scene, and I just think she is unbelievable. Um, and I, to, to be honest, my top three will definitely be Taste and Bimini. I think I think Bimini is incredible, um, and I didn't really know much about Bimini. I've danced with her before, um, uh, Bethnal Green thingy club gentleman's club um but i've never really seen her act or or what she does properly and i think her growth on the show has been amazing uh and i do also really like Lawrence cheney i think i think she's hilarious but last week left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth yeah i was about her. like you or that yeah I don't like Lawrence cheney i've never liked Lawrence cheney and last week was just like uh Mm. Now I know why. The dialing the coffee. Yeah, yeah. Coffee. Like I, I don't particularly love Ahura, but I understand her. You know what I mean? She's more complex. Yeah. yeah. I understand that she's got layers, and I understand that there's a level of trauma there when she speaks. So I've given her a little bit more leeway. Lawrence mm. Chase seems to be. A, how can I put this nicely? No, we're not going to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love you. One thing I will say, yeah, and it's not because I'm sizeist, because I publicly said on this podcast before that I like a, I don't like a big drag queen, right? Mm. And that's mostly because they always do the same silhouette. So that's one mm. thing I have against Lawrence Cheney. But last week, yeah, his padding, yeah, he looked like a U-shape from McDonald's, yeah, right? <laughs> And I was just like, no. Yeah. So the other drag queen that I like that's similar to him is Eureka from the American version. And the reason I, why I prefer Eureka over Lawrence Cheney is because she shows variety in the shapes as a bigger queen. Mm. I always find it really weird that they get bigger queens on and they don't show off their body, they don't show off their skin. And they don't yeah. do the same range of shapes as the other person was because at the end of the day, big girls everywhere now, if you're mm. empowered, that's what you do. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same with Teal Coffee, though. Like, she just covered herself up all mm -hmm. the time. All the time. But it's I just... Do you know what? With Lawrence, what I, what I liked about her and what sort of uh, drew me to her was the, was the, the humour. I think she was really good in situations where either a horror was stirring the pot or someone felt something. I felt like she just sort of dropped in the odd bits. And I do think... Yeah, I just think after last week, she massively overreacted, massively overreacted. And I think last week, if Ellie Diamond hadn't have done, hadn't had done the order in that way, she would have been sent home. But I think because Rue, I think Rue was like, you're playing the game, Ellie, and that's what I want from you. So you're staying. Because I think, yeah, I think Ahura would have left. If, if Ellie had been like, Do you know what, actually, yeah, let me make, let me make it nice and nicey. Because at the end of the day, Someone's got to go at the beginning, someone's got to go at the end. It's the running order. You're all doing a different act. You're all saying a different thing. It ain't, they were acting like someone died. This I was is, watching it like... This is what really offended me, right? I was like, you can't come up on this stage, right, this platform, and expect someone to be given the opportunity to get ahead and not use it. Because that's the whole point of her winning the opportunity to get ahead, that she uses it so that she can do the best that she can in the next challenge. Like, it's unrealistic. And it's nothing personal. That's mm. how the game is played. And I'm not it's a game. It is a game. You've watched 12 seasons of American Drag Race. You didn't know that when somebody wins a, sw a small challenge that they, that affects them in the big challenge and they normally get an extra opportunity. Come on, babes. Like, realistically, come on. And also, Tace was spot on when she said last week, um, when she was like, you're not here to make friends. It's not RuPaul's friend race. It's RuPaul's drag race. You're not going on there to end with the best mate. You're going on there to win. End of. 
So if you got to fuck a bitch up on the way, then I don't mean I don't not being funny enough. We all know because the industry that we work in, how many of the stars that you see in stage, screen, theater, music, dancing have got their opportunity because someone was sick or someone fucked up? Yeah. Yeah, that's just how it is. We all know that sometimes you get opportunity at other people's disadvantage. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Yeah, yeah. It just means that the opportunity presented itself and you took it. Yeah. Do you know what that happened? That exact thing happened to me. Right. I just I'd been out of um, training. I just graduated like a year before, and um, I went back to my uni. They wanted me to teach the uh, group of the first years. So there was four choreographers, four professional choreographers. Um, and we all working with a different group and there was a choreographer there who had seen what I'd been doing and she was like Jack I really like your vibe like let's chat in, at the end of the week because I want to work with you I was like okay cool and um, so on the last day she was like how tall are you so I told her my height and she was like right I, I might have an audition for you I was like okay cool so over the weekend she messaged me and was like can you come to audition next week I'm working on a film and I was like yeah I'll be there went to the audition did the audition and she was like she called me like a few days later and she was like, Jack, I absolutely love you, but they've booked someone else on the job already that is too similar to you. And I was like, fine, you know, what it is what it is, can't be helped. And then uh, we were meant to, so that was, I think that was a Friday night. It was meant to, we were, we were going into rehearsals on a Monday. So on the Sunday night, because I was going to audition for The Voice on a Monday. So the Sunday night I stayed at my friend's. I'd been in rehearsals for St. Cows, got back to his and it was like 11 o'clock p.m. 11 p.m. That was 11 o'clock p.m. And my phone rings and it was her, the choreographer. And she was like, hey, Jack. She was like, look, um, the guy that they'd booked has had to pull out of the film because he's got a leg injury, like a really bad leg injury. Can you be at rehearsals tomorrow at nine o'clock? You're on the film. I was like, yeah. And it ends up being a film with Michaela Cole as the lead. And I ended up becoming now friends with Michaela Cole and um, the other actress, Ronke who we danced with, and now I'm friends with them. And that was something that came out of someone having an injury. Mad. People, there's a lesson learned for you, people. Take that down, yeah? Yeah. The opportunities when they come, because they're rare, just make sure yeah. that you for them when they come. That's it, all it is. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, um, so we had a little LGBTQ history month, yeah? So on this podcast, we were highlighting like different people from history. But now, after that, I thought, you know what? I want to keep going and I want to keep highlighting different people from different things. So every time we get a guest on, I'm going to ask them to highlight something in the LGBTQ spectrum that's personal to them or someone that they think does amazing work or people should know about. Yeah. So who would you like to highlight? So I wrote down for this um, Impulse London, um, which is the charity for LGBTQ+, because I just think what they do and what they've been doing in lockdown um, has just been really helpful. And I've worked with a couple of them. Um, so during Pride, they Impulse New York, I think it's New York, uh, work with Impulse London and they send over American Drag Race Queens and I've been lucky to dance with them on the main stage. So I've worked with Impulse quite a lot um, and know a couple of the guys really well. And I just think, you know, before lockdown, they used to do like a book club, they used to do quiz nights. And I think it's so important that like, I've been very lucky with with growing up and, and in my family and being gay and stuff. But having that outlet for people that can't come up to their family or don't have any gay friends, I think what they do is an amazing thing. And it's so accessible. Their Instagram's great. They're consistent with stuff. They put on events. And I just think it's like, Impulse London seems to be the gay best friend that sometimes you can't always have because you maybe don't have a circle of gay friends. Yep. So yeah, definitely, I think, them for me. Cool. So anybody that wants to find out a little bit more, I'm going to put Impulse London's link to them in the credits for this show in the podcast and also yes. a link to them on the Instagram page as well. Yep. Cool. Love that. So now we've done all the nice stuff, yeah? It's time for me to ask you about your week in in general so who has like like guys wise I, I was gonna say popular culture but because of this week has been really skewed yeah you're probably gonna bring up one topic but, but uh, we'll see it um who has been your ratchet 
and who has been your righteous this year week so who's pissed you off a little bit who's annoyed you in the popular press and stuff like that and who has been the person that you like yeah i'm up for that i enjoy that person i like what they're saying you know what let's 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 get the obvious out because obviously <laughs> the week we've had let's just get that out i i just want to say piers morgan First of all, I love Piers Morgan when he does his going into American prisons and he interviews women on death row. I love him doing that. I love Piers Morgan doing um, real life stories. Anything else, Piers Morgan for me, I, I just think, oh, why has it taken this long to get him taken off the telly? Um, there's, there's a difference between having an opinion and being left for no apparent reason like the stuff i can't even watch i can't even watch him on the telly in the morning because it just angers me and i can't do anything if i'm watching him on a screen and i just think there's been so many times like i remember watching a love island um star that had uh was meant to turn some christmas lights on and then there ends up being a thing that she shouldn't be allowed to do it because of children and Piers morgan just ripped into her and she was like 24 this 24 year old girl we just come off love island was sat on good morning britain and he just like ripped into her and I just thought like that's disgusting you've got children and like how we spoke about little mix and stuff I just think he is so derogatory and the opinions that he has especially of females um is is bizarre and he is gutted that Meghan Markle shit on him that's what it is he is jealous yeah but did she say oh, shit on him is he not married does he not have kids yeah, this is, this, is, this is the thing, right? You met up with this woman once. You had a nice little conversation, mainly because she's in the UK and you do loads of interviews. So you use that for your writing mm. someone famous. Cool. You went to a party, she met the love of her life. Is she meant to call you? For what reason? Yeah? And I'm not being funny enough, eh? If Kate, if it was Kate he met before she met William, do you really think Kate would be calling him back either? No, because once you're in that circle, yeah, you know, you're not to have contact or friendships with people mm, that are in right. the British press. That's just not going to happen. Oh. And realistically, Pierce Morgan is a newspaper reporter that's on GMTV every single morning like spouting off his mouth left right and center i just can not yeah <laughs> i just i can't he angers me so much he really he really pushed it it's he definitely no i just think with him it's the defense of i'm allowed to have an opinion every single time i'm allowed to have an opinion mm. he's allowed to have an opinion over every single topic in the world yeah he's not that doesn't mean that your opinion's right. It doesn't mean mm. that your opinion's correct. And it doesn't mean that your opinion's coming from a knowledgeable place. It just means that it's your opinion. And every time someone counters that opinion with experience, with knowledge, with their own appearance based on their own identity, he always comes back at them saying, no, 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 you're wrong. No, you're a liar. Mm -hmm. No, that's not correct. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, and I'm not even a Meghan Markle fan. But the yeah. treatment of her as an individual this week alone, Monday, Tuesday, was ridiculous. It's disgusting. Yeah. And some, I saw a meme, actually, that, that it's a Mean Girls meme, and it said that, you know, Piers stormed off because he felt uncomfortable in that situation and didn't want to deal with it, yet he's coming at Harry and Meghan for taking themselves away from a situation because they weren't comfortable. So you're absolutely contradicting yourself there because you've just done... I mean, personally, I actually think him doing that and storming off is a publicity thing and i think he was going to leave anyway and because he's he's that man has been in the industry for god knows how long he is a journalist he is a reporter he knows that if he storms out of the biggest show on t on tv in the morning that is going to be on everyone's lips that's going to be in the paper it's going to be on the memes it's going to be this 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 he is calculated and he is everything that man does he does it for a reason so i think people are a little bit like oh my god he's walked off and i'm like it's all calculated he knows what he's doing and also what better way to advertise yourself to possible new employers than the leaving a job in a way that increases the last place's ratings gives you loads of notoriety and also yeah 
it'll instantly start to follow you as an individual because now the only way to get a story about the reason why you left and what you have to say about it is by following you on your social media, following you yeah. on your account, following you on your Instagram. Like, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Cool. Other than Ratchet Piers Morgan, who else would you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> Put it back on the street. Uh, do you know what? It's not a person, but I was ratchet at the fact that I had to have a birthday in lockdown. <laughs> because I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do, I normally have a birthday month. And I was gutted. I mean, my housemate... Hold on, I shouldn't go any further. I just need to confirm, yeah, that he is not joking when he says that I have a birthday month. Because <laughs> I'm happen, yeah, on a regular day. No, it's my birthday month. For like, you know, it's your birthday day. No, it's my birthday <laughs> month. <laughs> but, okay, cool. Very it is. It, and do you know what? My mum tells me off about it all the time because she's like, Jack, your birthday is the 28th of February. That's it. I'm like, no, mum, because, you know... It just isn't, all right? Um, but my housemate had an amazing weekend plan for me, and it was amazing. I know, like, people were in worse situations last year in lockdown on birthdays, but I was just, I just, I love seeing people. So I was, like, gutted that I couldn't have, like, five different nights out, and people would be like, Jack, is, was it your birthday three weeks ago? And me being like, yeah. And what? <laughs> and? That's in the way. And? It's your <laughs> birthday once a year, so you've got to make most of it. Yeah. That's but, all. yeah, that's... Hey, my friend, that's isn't it? Every time. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what it was. Where's my present? Yeah, cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> Where's my card? Where's my present? Where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was good. It, it was just annoying because it was locked down. Sure. Um, but I don't think anyone else. I think is ratchet. Uh, no, I think. So who will be your righteous this week then? Well, as of this morning, Lorraine Kelly. Yeah. Because have you seen the clip of her? She The one when where she ran a show and she called out Prince Edward. Yeah, she was like the only person that is gonna be happy with this is him and then it just cuts out. I'm like <laughs> I'm like Lorraine Kelly, you are gold dust. All right, hun. We need to we need to look after you. We need to protect you at all costs. But um This is the thing, right? Lorraine Kelly is the, probably the most warm-hearted TV presenter that we mm. have, yeah? Right, but she's also at this, she also has this thing like a proper mum where you know mm. there is a line that you do not cross, yeah? Because she doesn't take anything. She'll tell you off nicely in the most appropriate way, mm. right? But like, when she, when it actually is unleashed, it's savage because it doesn't take a lot. Like she's she's very minimal with the way that she tears off your singlet and it's done. <laughs> and that's what that's what makes it even worse. It's like when your parents say to you, "I'm disappointed in you," being told off by Lorraine Kelly because she doesn't shout. It's not a hoo ha. She's so articulate in everything that her just telling you off, you would be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've, I've done that. I can't believe I've been told off by Lorraine Kelly." Yeah, that would that would get me. That would. This is a thing, right? I've only seen her really tell somebody off once when the person came on GMT, Good Morning Britain, and then she didn't say much. As Ray was doing like, they were doing the segment thing where they talk about mm. in the next segment. And Ray was just like, I don't understand why you've come on the program. You just sat there, you didn't say anything. Why are you on TV? Oh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah. She was just like, why are you here? And the, 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 the woman was just like, uh, I know it was no, it's really annoying. Why are you here? Why did you come on here? I'm not <laughs> we, we, you've not done anything. Why are you here? <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yeah, was like, oh my god, what is she doing? Yeah, it was fun. So, Lorraine, came. I also think another, another one for me is um, the amazing Judy Love. I think she is absolutely taking this industry by the horns and is I'm just I actually had the privilege of working with her uh not last year year before um I was working with Harry Hill when she came on to one of the episodes okay. and she her dressing room was next door to mine and I saw her name and I was like oh my god I love her so anyway she came in my dressing room and I had this like sequin outfit on and she had a sequin top and we was filming a video and our sequins got stuck together 
and we literally needed to go and record and we were stuck and I was crying and we she was like trying to pull us off and our sequences were getting stuck but I just think she is such an an amazing role model for for especially the young black girls that feel like they don't have any role models any black role models and just a role model for people that maybe get told they can't achieve something or they're not good enough to achieve something or they don't have the grades to go and do something because she literally started off on small small instagram doing small small little videos and is now on an all black lineup on this morning uh, on loose women like come on can we have a second that, yeah can we have uh, a second to talk about the monumental vision of waking up in the morning and seeing charlene judy kelly and brenda all black women on loose women and if you have anything to say about it you need to come and find me on twitter because i will yeah myself you know yeah it was for me it was one of these things where we talk a lot about progressing we talk a lot about representation we talk a lot about putting black people in the industry we talk a lot about like opening the industry to something else this women is a daytime mainstream program that's been running for years yet have never had to my knowledge more than two black people on the panel at any mm. one yeah mm. right the mo- the mo- and before the last year with all the protests i think the most they ever had on was one person on the panel that was black and one mm. person on the panel that was asian mm. seeing the four women together and just hearing them yeah right it's like a childhood memory come to life mm. it allows people to that are in my ethnic minority to have kind of an understanding what it's like to be the kid and you hear your aunties in the kitchen chatting mm. yeah and have that yeah. level of familiarity yeah and then also they had the ability in the episode to explain our culture in a way that wasn't condescending it wasn't mm-hmm. four different voices explaining how we view funerals so how we the difference yeah about it it was so lovely to see that was going to be my uh, righteous Charlene yeah and you know what I think that's I also think it's it was so nice to see a discussion with four with four black women that wasn't that wasn't something that, that it wasn't a show created to discuss from a black person's point of view it was a daytime TV show, it's a chat show, it's been around for years, it's got its own legacy, and it just, there was just four strong, powerful women there talking about X, Y, and Z. And that, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like for the younger people and for like you, what you just said. But I, I remember I turned the telly on and I saw it on Judy's Instagram and I just got this like rush through my body of like tingles. Cause I was like, that is such a huge, thing for the world and and that will go down in history and that i mean it, is, it shouldn't take this long yeah but the thing about it is the, what also made me happy was i'm happy it happened last week before the megan thing and not this week mm. because I, it was nice that they weren't debating race they weren't clarifying mm. anything they weren't justifying the reasons why they were there they were just there doing their jobs having, the chat. having a chat and also it was just one of these things where itv didn't announce that they were going to have an all-black panel yeah women it was just there you turned on the yeah. tv and there they was and i would complain yeah no yeah, one could fuss yeah, no matter what kind of bigot you are, you couldn't say, oh, yeah, they've got their jobs because, but no, because every single one of those people have been doing the jobs separately. Yeah, yeah. With other people with other races, with other age groups for ages, for at least two years, all of them, except for Charlene because she's the new girl. Yeah, but you can't say they shouldn't be there because they've been there, and it's only differences. They're not there just as a minority for the first time they were the majority of presenters yeah and that was nice to see because yeah the media along in the way that we need it to be yeah people understand that it doesn't have to be a token thing that something happens and you react by getting that yeah oh uh, pride is coming so we then see an increase of gay people on tv yeah um, yeah yeah happens, we see an increase of black people on tv yeah no, no. Yeah. And, and you're so right there doesn't need to be 
there didn't need to be a song and dance about it. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is going to be the first lineup ever. It just happened. You, like you said, you turned your TV on it and it was there. And I think that is, and it's so right what you just said then about when Pride comes up and there's just an influx. You never see really LGBT adverts apart from Pride Month. And then like when all the other Prides are happening, you get the odd little like, like gay couple kissing on the telly. And I'm like, where are we for the rest of the year? Yeah. <laughs> what, why, why are we locked up? Hidden away, like, yeah. only when I short shorts. Yeah, in our short shorts and our little belly tops for the rest of the year, <laughs> wheels out for the summer. Like, we didn't even have it last year, did we? Because of COVID. Oh, no. so we didn't even get no rainbow. There was no rainbows in COVID, was there? Like, no. have a rainbow sandwich last year? No, they didn't. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, don't. Also, one more person, because I just love her and I think she's TV gold, is Alison Hammond. I just think she is a gift sent from God. And again, I'm so proud of her for getting hosting this morning, like as one of the main presenters. I'm like, you literally used to work at the cinema. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you started off working at the cinema, you went on Big Brother, and you've literally become a household name. And I just think. When I feel, if I ever feel sad, there's two videos that I go to. I go to Gemma Collins' Best Bits on Big Brother, and I go to, uh, I just type in Alison Hammond on YouTube, and people have put like a pile of videos together of her just laughing. And that just makes me, she's just, she is one of those people that just doesn't give a shit, and I love it. I love it. Body positive, she don't care what she looks like, as in, like, in the best way possible, I don't mean that in a, in a nasty way. But she wears what she wants, she doesn't conform to any, anything, and I just think she, yeah, again, is, it, and as a presenter, someone that I look up to, because I'm like, that's who I relate to more than someone like, you know, Philip Schofield, who's very pure and proper. You know, that is someone I look at and think, I, I could do that. Because, you, do you know what I mean? Do you relate to Alison more than to Philip Schofield? Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. me, me and Philip, yeah. no, no. But yeah, she's, She's treasure. Yeah, I, just the thing about Alison is that for people you listen to this in the US, Alison Haben started off on our version of Big Brother. She was a Big mm. Brother contestant. And her and Ryland, love him or hate him, yeah, the fact that they took their little 15 minutes of fame, yeah, and ran with their opportunities as far and as fast as they could. When she got their um, this morning job, and all the controversy that was going with it, I was just like, girl, you know you're going to have to be really good, right? And then I turned on the TV, <laughs> and it was Dermot, and it was Alison, and Gok Wan was doing the cooking. And I actually sat there and watched it for the first time in years, and was just like, because normally I only watch like, Phil and Holly when they're doing competition, mm. and they're messing about. <laughs> yeah. Because then they don't really care. Yeah, I love them too. So then, to... And let's be honest, like, Ruth has been dragging Eamon's dead body across that TV screen for the last three years. <laughs> 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 it's very nice to have someone lively and inspirational and open. Yeah. And, and also Dermot as well, because I grew up with Dermot on T4. It's really mm. nice to have Dermot on the, as a bit of a banter. So that yeah. Seeing Dermot trying to be stared in, like, positions and then losing all the time to Alison because they just end up having a lot of fun yeah yeah that's what we need especially a lot yeah yeah okay let's get down to your media recommendations so what what have you been watching what have you been looking at what have you been listening to like have you youtube channel instagram pages um anything on netflix that you've been watching there's something over the last couple of months that just made you happy made you joyful like made you do you know what i ne only literally probably since i want to say like october i've never been someone that's listened to a podcast before because i just i i never felt like i had the time because i was always doing stuff and like for me if i'm ever in the gym i can't listen to a podcast i need to listen to music so before lockdown i felt like i just never had the time to just sit and then I just, I, I had a three month free trial on Spotify for uh, premium Spotify. And I was like, you know what? Let me just give a, a podcast a go. And I've become hooked on the Receipts podcast. Okay. Um, 
with Milena, Audrey and Tolly T. And I just, that for me is, is definitely something I recommend to everyone because I just think they are absolutely hilarious. There's, you know, they, they take everything on, no matter how bad it is, how rude it is, how provoking it is. They just take it on and they deal with it. And it's just, it's nice sometimes when you hear people out loud that have the same opinion of you because sometimes people are scared to give their full opinion because they're like it's a bit rogue mm -hmm. there's none of that they just say exactly how it is and i just think yeah i just i love that i love when i go on my walks i put their i put them in um and netflix we actually this isn't on netflix but we me and my housemates actually finished harry potter yesterday okay. um, one of my housemates has seen them all but me and my other housemate have only seen a few so, and we've got a projector, my husband's got a projector, so we project it on this back wall. And we were like, a couple of weeks ago, we were like, right, let's go from Harry Potter 3, because that's where we've seen up to, and let's bang it out. And I, last night, I actually felt emotional. Like, it, it was <laughs> amazing. Um, but Netflix-wise, I actually, I've got through a lot in lockdown. Um, I watched uh, The Fall with um, oh, the mum from Sex Education, I can't think, Gillian uh, Anderson. Yeah who I really, really had a crush on in the fall. I really fancied her. I think she's such a strong woman. I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. Um, and uh, I actually did watch Behind their, Behind Her Eyes or Behind Their Eyes the other day. Okay. Uh, which I really liked. I, I'm a sucker for like a, a police document, like Marcella, I'm, I'm, with stuff like that, stuff that I can really get into. I mean, sometimes I have to, I have to have a break because I'll go to bed and I'll be dreaming about it and it will make me sleep funny because I'll dream that I'm in it or dream that it's happening to me. Sometimes I have to say, Jack, take a step back, have a few days off not watching it. But that for me, something that I can really get but, into and talk about. So for me, it's also the fact that you, there's levels to it, but at the mm. end of the show, there's a definite conclusion. Whether yes. it's good or bad, like... They've either caught the killer, which is normally the ending, or you know there's a definite finite ending. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. My yeah. My secret, like I say, it's a secret. It's no secret really. I own up to it. So my sh go to show at any moment is Murder She Wrote. <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh, Jack, it's amazing. You know why you would love it, right? It's because you watch it now and you see all these celebrities play playing their Jews in this like, yeah. show when they first started out. The other day they had Courtney Cox on it before she was famous. Mm. Yeah, and like all these old like soap actors and our Sunset Beach people and they had uh, like Magnum PI on it as well. And I was just like, actually, and also it's the Karen energy for me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that you're just like, well, then, what's the business? Like, why are you in people's business? Uh, like, asking all the Like, clearly, I love that. I'm gonna give that a go. Yeah, it's really good. So, that's my secret source. But then, then I do watch other things, but like, on a, on a Saturday, like, I have it on the back when I'm doing my, like, my cleaning and my housework. Like, just to like calm me down. <laughs> so up. I think I've actually seen all of them now because every time I show one, I can tell you beginning and end who's actual killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that though. When you like, we watch, I've never watched New Girl, but my two housemates have watched it. And that's what like we put on that or Shit's Creek. We put that on when we're eating our dinner and we've started them just again and we just watch them because they're, the, they're the sort of programs that you can watch a hundred times and you laugh at something different. You see something different you didn't notice before. Yeah. Then, and like for me, EastEnders is like my guilty pleasure. Like I love, I, I don't watch it in the night. I watch it in the morning when I get up. I do my workout and then I sit and watch EastEnders. And that is like my, sometimes I won't watch it all week. And then on a Saturday, I binge the whole week of EastEnders. Just saying, I've actually, the, the, the worst part of lockdown is I've got back into EastEnders now. So I want to know if they're going to catch the guy that killed, um, I don't even, see this is, I'm really bad. Because I know her from Grey Jail, and now she's in EastEnders as a grown woman. The oh. Tanya, I think she's Tina, Tina. That's oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I heard that she's not coming back, so she's definitely dead. So, like, yeah, she's definitely. Yeah, so I'm just like, mm, are they going to catch him? What's going to happen? He's getting on my nerves now, though. Like, 
his storyline. That's why I was, I mean, God love her, but that's why I was glad when Chantel finally died because that storyline was just getting ridiculous with Grey and it was just silly and I was like, something's got to happen. And then obviously the first episode out of lockdown, she falls on the dishwasher. Spoiler for anyone that's seen it. Um, but yeah, that, I just love his sense because it's just, it is, I love it. I mean, it, the storylines are trash, but you get so invested. Like this morning I was watching, there's, you know, the storyline with um, Ruby and Stacey at the minute. And I just, it ends and I'm like, you hear the duff, duff, duff. And you're like, no, I can't wait. Because it ain't on tonight either because it's Wednesday. Yeah. And you're just like. Also, I think about lockdown is the duff, duff, duff moments are better this year. That's why I yeah. like them. They're a lot yeah. better. Because sometimes they would enter them and it would just be rubbish. But yeah, you line about the childhood um, paedophilia and it's a, a switch because it's a female paedophile and a male victim. That was really good. Really handled. Yeah. And then also yeah. the fact that you got Ruby and Stacey now that they're older and they're not teenage girls anymore. Going at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yes. Because sometimes when friendship falls apart, they fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> It is true, they do have some really good storylines. Like they did that storyline with um, that guy Shaheen with the, uh, when he got stabbed and they got like, they worked with so many people to get that storyline spot on. And I think that's so, again, that's something that's so important because soaps do cover like massive things, you know, like abortion, miscarriages, suicide, uh, grooming. And it, it, ha it has to be important because the amount of people that, watch that show you can't just make it up can you yeah some things you have to do really well and when it's an important subject they actually especially british soaps they get it spot on because they yeah need to yeah okay so you got your eastenders you got your harry potter you got your mean girls okay so there's a definite reason why I have you on. It's not just because I love you and I've missed you because of lockdown. Yeah. Because of your show. Yeah. So tell the people yeah. again about your show. So tell them the name and explain to them a little bit more in depth what you do and how it got started. Okay. So, yeah, I host um, a show called Lockdown After Dark. Um, I started it literally about two and a half months into the first lockdown. I'd lost all my jobs, I'd lost my dance contracts, and I went and got a job at the supermarket, and I was working there, and don't get me wrong, I loved it, I was on the tills, and anyone that knows me knows I'm a chatty patty, so I was chatting to everyone, you know, like all the little old ladies would come in, they'd get their papers, they'd be like, morning Jack, so I used to do six till two, six in the morning till two, in the afternoon, and it, I just loved it, I loved it, five days a week, chatting, and just, it was just nice, but I kind of was like, I need, I'm not dancing, I can't go to the gym. I, wasn't, I couldn't really motivate, motivate myself at home at this point. And I was like, what can I do? And everyone before lockdown had always said to me, you need to do presenting, you need to go into presenting. And you know, I, I've done the odd TV show and the people on the show would say, you should do presenting. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I should do it. But who's gonna give me, I can't just be a presenter. You don't just be a presenter one day. Mm. And everyone's like, you know, do a YouTube channel. And like that, having a YouTube channel is, is a job in itself. And I was, do it. I was team too much at that point. I couldn't then add on a day to do YouTube. So I was like, and everyone's like, do a podcast. And I was like, I don't really know enough about it. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to start an Instagram live. So it literally started, I was in bed one night and I was like, I'm going to call it Lockdown After Dark. Because um, I wanted it to be in my original head, in my original head, in my original plan, I had five people that I wanted to interview. And I just wanted it to be an insight into, into the industry that isn't shown in um, interviews or isn't shown on the telly. It, I wanted to show a side of my guest that people can't just see on their Instagram or can't just see if they do an interview for a magazine. I wanted it to be sort of a fly on the wall, like, like having a chat on FaceTime. So yeah. I messaged five of my mates that are in the industry and I just said, look, I'm gonna be doing this. Do you wanna jump on and be a guest? Everyone said yes straight away and it kind of, just took off from there. My, my first five guests all were someone different. So I had a professional dancer, I had a celebrity hairstylist, um, I had a model and a girl from Love Island. I had um, a guy from The Circle. So everyone was completely different. I had a uh, Gangs of London actor. So that, those first few weeks, it sort of like, I, I was kind of shaping it and I was like, where can this go? And then um, all of the things happened with the London protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. And I thought, 
I, I, I took a step back because I was like, this is not right for me to be like, come and watch my show on a Friday night when there's, this, you know, people are going through stuff. So I took a breather from it. And then I kind of was like, well, how do I want to, how do I want to keep this going? Where do I want to take this? And so many people were saying to me, oh, Jack, we lo we've loved it because it feels like we're watching you privately. We've, we feel like we're watching a, a FaceTime. And all of my guests after message me and say, oh my God, thank you so much. I felt like I was just having a chat with my mate. It was really, you know, it was really nice. And I, and I started to think, okay, where, where can I take this then? And I, I always wanted to, what I, what I do for anyone that, that has never seen it, what I try and do is create a timeline. So I always go right back to them growing up and every single guest that I have and I ask this question to, they say, oh my God, I never get asked this in an interview. Or I never get asked about my school life or my home life. And I'm like, I think that's important because sometimes you can have a misconception of someone from, what, from the 30 seconds you see on the telly or on their Instagram or whatever. But when you take it right back and things that they say about their childhood, school, growing up, sometimes makes sense as to why they act in certain situations now. Okay. Um, and everyone has just been, you know, I don't ask anything too pressing. I don't, I always say to them before, if there's anything you don't want to talk about or you don't want me to bring up, let me know. And there's a few things with the bigger guests that I've had that I know they're going to say that. Okay. Um, but they're all just so open to me. Like I, I go in there really relaxed. I, I sort of give them an open-ended question. And, you know, I, I've ended up talking, like one of my really good friends who's on um, Taui, she started talking about um, her struggle with anxiety um, and panic attacks. And she had it really bad before she was filming the challenge for MTV. And we ended up, we went on that path and I just let it flow. And I had so many people message me after and were like, thank you so much for talking about that on a platform. And it, it felt, it, it wasn't forced. And I had a guy talk about how his dad used to beat his mum and him. And that wasn't me, I didn't ask him about that. It just came out in an answer and then it sort of, we let it go. And it, it was just, every single guest that I've had has brought something completely different to the table and has been so authentic and open and honest without me pressing them for anything. And it's just been, it's just been really nice. And like, I've had, I managed to get Kimberly Wyatt from the Piscat Dolls. That, that was like a pinch me moment because I was like, 14 year old gay Jack watching you know, <laughs> when I grow up on the telly doing the dance break and stuff like and that was one of my favorites and it, that she was so down to earth and so amazing and she was talking about how she she used to have bad skin and she thought she was going to get kicked out of the dolls because she wasn't pretty enough and how she was sort of like always put at the back of the videos and I was like this is a pussycat doll who's telling me little old Jack from North London stuff like this and it's just she been mad in the it? back but we always we always spotted her like this is the thing about her like from the very first time baby year i remember looking at her i was like who is that bitch yeah because she was she is she was she is the best dancer in that group by a long yeah yeah and, yeah. It, and it's one of those things where i've when you say things like that it's and you say you show the example of her in particular mm. like, you what you do really important because mm. you're allowing her not only her to have a voice in, in her own right and talk about mm. her insecurities but you're also giving young kids girls guys gays whatever the ability to see that get reaching a pinnacle in your career isn't dependent on you being perfect all the way through yeah it's just not yeah 100 and also what terms sometimes your adversity, no matter what it is, as an individual, is the thing that helps you maintain that success mm. long past it. Yeah. Yeah. Long past and it. And that's that's so true because it after her one, it kind of made me like you know I still question myself sometimes in the industry and I still worry about stuff and to sit and talk with her about that and how she still worries about that made me feel like oh, okay I'm not. I'm not weird for thinking this. I'm not weird for thinking I'm not good enough. It is a natural thing. And to have, and that's what people message me. They were like, oh my God, she's in the Pussycat Dolls, one of the, the biggest girl groups. And she's there saying things like that. And it just, it just makes it real for everyone. You know, this, the industry isn't all song and dance and all happy, happy. It, it can be hard. It can be tough. And to have people shining a light on that, that's what I wanted. And, and it, do you know what is, 
I love it, but it, it's, it's difficult as well because I'm trying to be as consistent as I can. And I've run out of all of my friends now. I've used all of my <laughs> friends in the industry. So it now is like, it's just the luck of the draw who replies to me on Instagram or, you know, I've, I've had to reach out and be a bit cheeky to people and be like, can you get this person on? Or, and it, it, it's, it, it's I, I love it. And it's, it's really, really helped me develop my presenting skills. It's really helped me develop myself as well, because especially in lockdown, I mean, you know, I'm, people are in a lot worse situations than me. You know, I've got a roof over my head and everything. And, I, you know, I've got access to money. But the, when your job is taken away from you, you never, ever, ever get told to have a plan B. You don't get told to have a backup because that might get taken away from you. Mm -hmm. So to have everything stripped and literally be like, and at the beginning of the lockdown, there was no furlough. There was no universal credit. It was like, I now don't have a job and I live in London. What the fuck am I going to do? So that gave me a real outlet to sit on. And for, for most of the first lockdown, I was living in a flat on my own because my two housemates went home because they were both furloughed. So I was in the house on my own. So that Friday night for me, I used to have my little drink, my little disarano on the rocks. And I just used to have a chat and I loved it. And now it's, it's just grown. You know, I've had people make um, artwork for me that I now use. I'm, I've got a collab with um, Mad um, London, which is a vegan um, restaurant that sends me out a free meal every week to have. Okay. I've worked with two cocktail companies, um, Letterbox Cocktail and SOS Cocktail, and they send me cocktails. And this week I've got... Wait, who, um, that that who, was that? Uh, who were those cocktail companies? Letterbox Cocktails and SOS Cocktails. So that's twice we've mentioned you now, you know, so you can send some freelance my way as well. Let's send some cocktails. Yes. Um, and they're, they're really great because they, the guest I've got this week, Danielle Pisa, she's a dancer and now a massive influencer. Uh, they're sending her cocktails as well. So me and her can both have a drink. Okay. So it, it, it's been, it's been really good. It's been, I'm, I'm very lucky to have been able to grow something in lockdown and connect with the people that you know me and Kimberly Wyatt were saying as soon as we can we get in the studio together and like you know Angelica for instance I worked with her when I was younger and I've stayed in contact with her for 11 years she's someone that I hold very close to my heart but she always says to me like you know well done and I think not that I need the reassurance or I need someone to tell me that I'm doing well but in this industry as you know it, no one tells you that no one says to you well done you're doing you know, good job. You don't get told that. It's not like you work in an office job where you get a raise, you get, you know, get promoted and you build right. your way up. You either get the job or you don't. And when you yeah. die, they tell you all the things, all the reasons why you didn't get the job. Yeah. yeah. They might say, oh, we really liked you. But. And it's hard. And it is hard to always pick yourself up and be your biggest cheerleader. But so to have people, you know, I get random people messaging me and saying, that I haven't spoke either I haven't spoke to in years or who I don't even know messaging me being like I really look forward to a Friday night because it's an escape or I, it makes me realize that I'm not that different to whoever you've got on there and it's that to me is me being like oh I'm doing I'm doing my job that's what I wanted I wanted to give people you know I've got people watching it that have got four kids that have been homeschooling that a Friday night for them at eight o'clock they can sit down with a glass of wine and just watch me chatting shit most of the time to these people and they can sit there and think do you know what they may have the biggest house they may have five cars in their driveway they may be on the telly but they are a real person and they go through what we all go through and that is that is so important especially with how um big mental health is at the minute and and, and the suicide rates and stuff like that to know that someone is going through the same thing that you think you're miles apart from is actually is, is nice and it makes you realise, okay, I'm actually normal. I'm not weird for having these thoughts. And yeah, that's, that, that's and I've just blabbled on about that, but that is Lockdown After Dark and that hopefully eventually I will be commissioned by ITV or BBC and I will have my own show. Well, BBC Three is coming back to TV, right? Yeah. And I always when you, when someone said it, my instant thought was, I guarantee you, like in a couple of years' time, I open my TV on a Friday, and Jack is the new Graham Morton, but younger, hipper, and trendier. Yeah. You know? That is that's <laughs> the dream. And do you know what? I'm manifesting the shit out of it. And there's like, yeah, there's just so many things that 
pathways that could potentially be amazing for me that I'm just manifesting it. And that's another thing I've got into in lockdown is just really, for me, I, 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 was, I always used to be like, oh my God, I can't wait for next week. I can't wait to go on holiday. I can't wait for that tomorrow. I can't wait for that night out next week. And I've really learned that to live in the moment, and it's so important to live in the moment, because I was listening to Fern Cotton was interviewing the author of The Secret, and uh, Fern was like, you know, I'm constantly chasing the next thing. And the woman said, you know, people always want to get over the hill, but they don't realise that right now, in this moment, you're the happiest you've ever been. Tomorrow, you'll be the happiest you've ever been. And that just really resonated with me. And I was like, do you know what? I actually need to acknowledge that more. Because I, I am aware, sometimes when I'm like, I can't wait for, I can't wait for the 21st of June. I can't wait for things to reopen. But then I check myself and I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm thankful to be sitting here chatting with you today. I'm, I'm thankful to be drinking my green tea today. Because those are, those are the things that actually shape you rather than the 21st of June when you can go to the club and, you know, pop your pussy on the bar. First of all, let's talk about the 21st of June in realistic terms. When the 21st of June comes, yeah, by 12 o'clock, all of you motherfuckers will be drunk because you haven't drank that much. By 1 o'clock, most of you will be sitting in a pool of your own vomit. Yeah, by 2 o'clock, yeah, your mates will be dragging you home in an Uber, yeah, and by 5 o'clock, you will be in bed, yeah, 21st of June, and then you will wake up, and it will be the 22nd of June, you'll have a massive hangover, there'll be pizza on the side of your face, and there'll be some unknown person in your bed, yeah, power to you, yeah, right, and when we talk about manifesting, I need to ask you, yeah, mm. manifesting positive vibes for lockdown. After that, not just any lockdown. Um, what five guests? What are your five? Pick five people. Yeah, that if you could have any guest on, yeah, those will be the people. Uh, definitely, Alison Hammond would absolutely love to have her on. Um, to feel like she's my spirit animal. Um, obviously the GC would dream of having the GC. Um, oh, three others. I would really, in an ideal world, obviously with like, this is this would probably would never happen, but Michelle Obama, like, I just want to hug her. I just love her. I really do love her. And I think she would be, I think it would just be a really nice chat with me and her. Um, who else? Uh, oh, because I love him. Um, oh my God, what's his name? What's the what's the newsreader? I don't think he does a newsread anymore, but he does all of the programs with like the mob wives in America. Um, and he's like old now, and he's got like the black guy. He's got like little grey hair. Oh my God, Trevor, what's his name? Trevor, Trevor Nelson. Not Trevor Nelson. Is it Trevor Nelson? <laughs> Trevor McDonald. Trevor McDonald. Trevor McDonald. Yeah. Because like, I just. What what because you're bored? Are you? you, like, are you we're not saying you're old. <laughs> we're just not. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Um, what about and a fifth one would be would probably be Lady Gaga because I just think she's had such a such an unbelievable career. Obviously, but I think there's been so many ups and downs and bits and bobs that I would just love to really get into a chat with her about it. So that, those would be my five in an ideal world. In an ideal world. Okay, cool. So this is me. That's a very different, so very different set of people than I thought you would be picking. Mainly because I know Dancer Jack, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So to see like that's a good range of people with different experiences, mm. which is also one of the reasons why we like your show so much. Yeah. Thank I thought you. I want to have you on here so you could promote the fuck out of it. So if you so it's Friday, yeah? What's Friday night, it's 8 o'clock. And that's GMT, if you're listening in the US, obviously, yeah? So um, for the people at home, before we close down, can you tell everybody your socials so they can find you, please? Yes, so my Instagram is jackjackcox, so it's J-A-C-J-A-C-C-O-X, um, and that's all I want at the minute. <laughs> I will be getting into Twitter at some point this year, but Instagram is the one, jackjackcox. Cool. Thank you very much, Jack. It's been lovely having you. Thank you for having me. No, honestly, thank you so much. I've loved talking to you today. And again, well done for creating something and doing it and having people on. So props to you for it because not everyone can do it. Not everyone is good at it as <laughs> you are. So yeah, thank you. I'm very, very pleased to have been on today.
And that's that for this week. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. And now you're going to go out and find Jack on his Instagram page. If you're listening to this on Friday morning, remember that Jack's Instagram lockdown live comes out on Friday night. So you have something to look forward to. Um, Please, 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 once again, um, rate and review or leave comments on the Instagram page. Um, You may have noticed that I'm posting a lot of the old season um, interview segments um, on the IGTV and soon on our front room TikTok page. Yes, we are going in a new direction, mainly because of the Instagram algorithms. But that is a story for another time. That's a story for another time. When I'm not like, slightly drowsy from my vaccine and in full capacity to complain on the internets without getting sued. Anyway, um, all that remains to be saying is for me to say you can contact me at any time on the Front Room Podcast Instagram page. Slide into my DMs. My DMs are always open. Or the Front Room Podcast email at the Front Room at gmail.com thank you very much for listening people and i'll see you you'll hear me same time next week